0: The following message is from Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about us, go to westwaychurch.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Hi. If we haven't met, my name is Zane. I am one of the pastors here at Westway, and before we get started, I just want to give a big thank you and a big shout out to all of you. Uh, A couple weeks ago, like a week and a half before, I decided, oh, let's do a birthday party for Jesus. And so not a lot of planning went into it because it just popped in my head, and I'm like, we're going to make this happen. And so I made a comment, like, if you're going to be at the party, bring a gift that you'd give a newborn baby for Jesus. And we had a lot of people who has nothing to do with children's church, with Westway kids on Sunday mornings see that, and still bring something. And so, I just want to thank you for doing that. You didn't have to, but you saw a place to serve, and that's what you guys did. So, thank you for everyone who participated and helped with that. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. And so, you can look that up in your Bible, or there is a Bible app um, event going on that you can follow along. But while you are doing that, I'm gonna read a story to you guys called Frog and Toad Together. And the book that we're reading, or the story we're reading is called Cookies. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Toad baked some cookies. These cookies smell very good, said Toad. And he ate one and they taste even better, he said. Toad ran to Frog's house. Frog, Frog, cried Toad. Taste these cookies that I have made. Frog ate one of the cookies. These are the best cookies I have ever eaten, said Frog. See if this works so you guys can see the picture. There we go. Frog and Toad ate many cookies one after another. You know, Toad, said Frog with his mouth full, I think we should stop eating. We will soon be sick. You are right, said Toad. Let us eat one last cookie, and then we will stop. Frog and Toad ate one last cookie, but there were many cookies left in the bowl. Frog, said Toad, Let us eat one very last cookie and then we will stop. Frog and Toad ate one very last cookie. We must stop eating, cried Toad as he ate another. Yes, said Frog, reaching for a cookie. We need willpower. What is willpower? asked Toad. Willpower is trying hard not to do something that you really want to do, said Frog. You mean like trying not to eat all of these cookies, asked Toad. Right, said Frog. Frog put the cookies in a box. There, he said. Now we will not eat any more cookies. But we could, we could just open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog tied some string around the box. There, he said. Now we will not eat any more cookies. But we can cut the string and then open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog got a ladder. He put the box up high on a shelf. There, said Frog. Now we will not eat any more cookies. But we can climb the ladder and take the box down from the shelf and cut the string and open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog climbed the ladder and took the box down from the shelf, and he cut the string and opened the box. Frog took the box outside. He shouted in a loud voice, Hey, birds, here are cookies. Birds came from everywhere. They picked up all the cookies in their beaks and flew away. Now we have no more cookies to eat, said Toad sadly. Not even one. Yes, said Frog, but we have lots and lots of willpower. (laughs) You may keep it all, Frog, said Toad. I am going home to bake a cake. (laughs) And so we just got done with Christmas. And so did you all get to open presents yesterday? Two people got to open presents yesterday. I'm so happy for you two. Hopefully today you can open the presents. But I'm curious, as we put up the tree and the gifts keep getting bigger and bigger and more added, was it hard not to go up to the tree, take one of the gifts, feel them, pick it up, shake it, So, did anyone have the temptation to do that even after you were told not to? Raise your hand. One, two, three people. Four. I'm happy for the rest of you guys that you have more willpower than myself, these four people, and Frog and Toad. (laughs) And so this morning, I want to talk about something that everyone has dealt with and most likely are currently dealing with. That is temptation and we most likely face it every single day, and it can be as small as picking up a gift and shaking it, or it can be as large as deciding to drive home after the New Year's Eve party, after you had a few too many to drink. Every single person in the history of the world has faced temptation. No one is immune, and not even Jesus. So if you have your Bible with you, Luke 4, I'm gonna read the first Thirteen verses. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for forty days. Jesus ate nothing at all. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So before we continue, there are two points that I just wanna make real quick because I struggled with this a little bit growing up, and as I grew in my faith, I realized this was the case. Point number one, being tempted is not a sin. Frederick Wood once said, "Temptation is not a sin. It is a call to battle." And so when we are being tempted, it's an opportunity for us to make a choice. A choice that we can face this battle using our own willpower like frog and toad and most likely fail, or we can turn to the Holy Spirit and have him lead us in this battle. Galatians 5:16 says, "So I say, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Point number two, God does not tempt us. James 1, 13 says, and remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. So the question then is, where do our temptations come from? That's a great question, because James answers it in the very next verse. He says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And so we are jumping into the time right after Jesus was baptized. And after he was baptized, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Old Testament tells us that the wilderness was a desolate place, dangerous where wild animals lived. So in other words, Jesus wasn't going out for a pre-here-on-mission vacation to clear his mind, but rather it was quite opposite. Because while he was in the wilderness, Satan was tempting him for 40 days. These verses are three of the bigger temptations that Satan placed in front of Jesus. You see, the Spirit compelled Jesus into the wilderness not to see if he was ready, but to show that Jesus was ready for his mission here on earth. But the devil had other plans. He had hoped to thwart Jesus's mission by tempting him to do evil. Satan was trying to get Jesus to declare his kingship prematurely, to take his messianic powers into his own hands, and to forsake the Father's will. And here's the deal. There's a lot at stake right now, Because if Jesus would have fallen into any of these temptations, then his mission here on earth, to die for the forgiveness of our sin and give people the opportunity to have eternal life, would be lost. Before we get into the temptations that Jesus faced, I want to ask a quick question, and it's why. Why did Jesus have to face temptations? Well, because temptation is part of the human experience And for Jesus to be fully human, he had to face temptation. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Because Jesus faced temptation, we have a God who knows exactly what it's like being tempted, and he can assist us through our temptations. Secondly, Jesus had to face temptations to undo Adam's work. Adam, though created perfect, gave in to temptation and passed sin on to the whole human race. Jesus, by contrast, resisted Satan, and his victory offered salvation to all of Adam's descendants. And so, Luke recorded three of the temptations that Jesus faced, and all three focused on crucial areas, physical needs and desires, possessions and power, and pride. The first temptation was Satan telling Jesus to turn some stones into bread. This doesn't seem necessarily bad, looking on it from the outside, but we need to look a bit closer to what Satan said to Jesus. He said, if you are God's son." Now Satan wasn't doubting if Jesus was God's son or not because both Satan and Jesus knows the truth there, but rather he's trying to tempt Jesus to use his own power. Jesus easily could have commanded the stone to become a piece of bread, but Satan was trying to get to you, but Satan was trying to get Jesus to use his power in the wrong way at the wrong time, to use his position to meet his own needs rather than fulfilling his God-given mission. Jesus understood that obedience to the Father's mission was more important than food. To truly accomplish his meeting, his mission, Jesus had to be completely humbled. Making himself bread would have shown that he had not quite set aside all of his powers, had not humbled himself and had not identified completely with the human race. Satan's next temptation to Jesus was to give him all the kingdoms of the world on one condition. Jesus must worship Satan. What Satan was offering Jesus here was a shortcut and a painless shortcut. Jesus knew that he would redeem the world through giving his life up on a cross and not by making an alliance with a corrupt angel. Satan didn't understand that. Satan didn't understand that suffering and death were part of God's plan that Jesus had chosen to obey. Satan hoped to distort Jesus' Jesus's perspective by making him focus on worldly power and not on fulfilling God's plan. Jesus would have had to denounce his loyalty to the Father in order to worship Satan, and Satan's goal has always been to replace God as the object of worship. The last temptation that we see is Satan uh, trying to trick Jesus by using scripture. Satan used Psalm 91, 11 through 12 out of context to try to get Jesus to jump, to put, try to get Jesus to put God to the test. You see, Jesus could have easily jumped off the temple. God could have sent angels to bring him safely to the ground. But for Jesus to jump from the temple would have been a ridiculous test of God's power, and it would have been out of God's will. Jesus knew that God could have protected him, but he also understood that all of his actions were to be focused on fulfilling the Father's mission. So like I said earlier, one of the reasons Jesus was tempted was to show that he was ready for his mission here on earth. But another reason was to show that Jesus was sinless. There's an old story that as the Union Pacific Railroad was being constructed, an elaborate trussel bridge was built across a large canyon out west. Wanting to test the bridge, the builder loaded a train with enough extra cars and equipment to double its normal payload. The train then was driven in the middle of the bridge where it stayed for an entire day. One worker asked, are you trying to break this bridge? No, the builder replied, I'm trying, to bro- I'm trying to prove that the bridge won't break. And in the same way, the temptations Jesus faced weren't designed to see if he would sin, but to prove that he couldn't sin. And so, what does this all have to do with us? Well, though Jesus was sinless, these passages also provided a blueprint for our lives when we are facing temptation, and what we can do to avoid falling into temptation. First and foremost, I want to look back to see how Jesus started off every time he was answering the devil. The scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say. One big thing that we can do to overcome our temptation is knowing God's word. You see, Knowing and obeying God's word is an effective weapon against temptation, and it is the only offensive weapon in the Christian's armor. Jesus used scripture to counter Satan's attacks, and so can we. But to use it effectively, we must have faith in God's promises, because Satan also knows scriptures, and he loves to twist them to suit his own purpose. Obeying the scripture is more important than simply having a verse to quote, so read them daily and apply them to your life, and that, that way your sword will always be sharp when temptation comes your way. Another way to avoid temptation is to know what is bad in your life, no matter how good it may seem or how harmless it may seem, and just getting rid of it. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so you can endure. So when you're facing a temptation, you may have to do things that are hard in order to stand firm against that temptation. And so maybe you struggle with Eating sweets and it's become an addiction and it's unhealthy for you, well maybe it's time to go to your pantry, grab all those sweets, and throw them to the birds. Maybe your group of friends love to gossip, love to talk bad about other people, and you're starting to get real uncomfortable with that. Maybe it's time to find a new group of people to hang out with and leave them behind. Maybe you struggle at looking at pornography on your phone when you're home alone. Maybe it's time to take that phone, throw it away, downgrade to a dumb phone, so that way you don't have internet access at your fingertips. Iron Eyes Cody is a Native American actor who once did a TV spot for the Keep America Beautiful campaign. He was a Native American drifting alone in a canoe. As he saw how our waters are being polluted, a single tear rolled down his cheek telling the whole story. This powerful public service commercial showed up on TV screens for more than 17 years. As I was telling John about this story, I said, yeah, it's like a commercial that aired in the 90s, and his response was, it aired a lot earlier than the 90s, and I'm like, sorry, I wasn't alive then. (laughs) And so, in 1988, Cody repeated an old Native American legend in Guidepost magazine, and this is what he said. Many years ago, Native American youths would go away in solitude to to prepare for manhood. One such youth hiked into a beautiful valley, green with trees, bright with flowers, and there he fasted. But on the third day, as he looked up at the surrounding mountains, he noticed one tall, rugged peak, capped with dazzling snow. I will test myself against that mountain, he thought. He put on his buffalo hide shirt, threw his blanket over his shoulder, and set off to climb the peak. When he reached the top, he stood on the rim of the world, and he could see forever, and his heart swelled with pride. Then he heard a rustling down at his feet, and looking down, he saw a snake. Before he could move, "'The snake spoke. "'I'm about to die,' said the snake. "'It is too cold for me up here, and I am freezing. "'There is no food, and I am starving. "'Put me under your shirt and take me down to the valley.' "'No,' said the youth. "'I have been forewarned. "'I know your kind. "'You are a rattlesnake. "'If I pick you up, you will bite me, "'and your bite will kill me.' "'Not so,' said the snake.' I will treat you differently. If you do this for me, you will be special and I will not harm you. The youth resisted for a while, but this was a very persuasive snake with beautiful markings. At last, the youth tucked it under his shirt and carried it down the valley. There he laid it gently on the grass when suddenly the snake coiled, rattled, leapt, biting him on the leg. But you promise! cried the youth. You knew what I was when you picked me up, the snake said as it slithered away. Sometimes we like to dabble in our temptations. Like the snake, our temptations may promise not to hurt us. You know, you've been doing such a good job lately. Having one won't kill you. Or, come on, he's your best friend that you haven't seen in a while. Just go out and have fun. I'm not gonna stand up here and act like we're all perfect because I know each and every one of us at some point or another has fallen into our temptations. We have felt the guilt, we have felt the guilt, we have felt the shame, and I am sure that there's some of us sitting in this room that have felt like there is no way God can ever forgive me after I did that. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ who was tempted but never sinned, died on a cross, and on the third day rose again from the dead. And because of that, all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame has been forgiven. This forgiveness is offered to everyone. If you have yet to accept this forgiveness, maybe today is the day that you accept it. But overcoming temptation is hard especially when it's something that you don't think may be that bad. But I wanna ask one final question before we end. What would it take for you to sell out? What is there in life that would cause you to compromise your faith? Whatever it may be, sexual temptation, financial inducement, fear of alienating or offending someone, it will be placed in your path at some point. And Satan wants to destroy believers or at the very least neutralize them through sin, shame, and guilt. So when temptation rears its ugly head, do what Jesus did. Rely on the word of God, use your sword and chop off its head, and stand fast in your commitment to worship God and God alone above all else. No matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, No matter how appealing the come on may be, we must not put anything or anyone in God's place. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for all that you do, Lord. I thank you that you came to Earth to save us. I thank you that while you were here on Earth that you were tempted and that you didn't fail. And Lord, because you know what it's like to be tempted, you can help us through our temptations. Father, I pray that you be with us throughout the rest of this week. I pray when temptations show up in our lives that we don't attack it by ourselves, Lord, that we rely on you, that we turn to your word, and that we can overcome it through you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.